Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Have you gotten the COVID-19 vaccine yet? As more people become eligible for their first dose of the vaccine, we've been checking in with officials here in Metro Detroit to see how rollout efforts are going throughout our region. Last week, we talked with Wayne County Executive Warren Evans. Yesterday, we talked with Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter. And now today, I'm joined by Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle to get a sense of how distribution efforts are going in his neck of the woods. Mark, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks, Steve. Good hearing from you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So let's start with uh, just your overall assessment of how things have, have gone in terms of the supply of vaccines to Macomb County and your efforts to distribute them. I think that's the uh, the key right there is the supply. I mean, right now we got a huge demand uh, from, from those that uh, are able to go ahead and receive the vaccine according to the state uh, you know, standards. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's challenged uh, from the reasons that we created more of a demand that we do have a supply. And there's this belief, you know, that, uh, you know, everybody wants to get to the front of the line and should get to the front of the line. And, uh, you know, that's caused us to uh, stir. You know, if you think from the beginning of this, once we got vaccines, we realized it was in limited supply. So everybody had a role to play. Everybody understood. And there was a limited amount given to health departments across the state. Their role is to figure out how do we take care of those that are uh, licensed EMTs. And then the responsibility of the health uh, system, meaning the hospitals, was to take care of healthcare workers. And then uh, there were a couple of people, pharmacies, that were given the responsibility to go to the congregative care. So everybody understood their role under phase 1A. And uh, we were methodically going through that. And then all of a sudden, uh, it was opened up to a larger category of people uh, by the state uh, when we hadn't even gotten through 1A. And so what that did is it created an incredible stir. Uh, people that really thought, okay, um, how do I get to the front of the line? But the only places you can get it was through the hospitals and or health departments. And we didn't have the supply. So incredible tension uh, created because everybody's expecting that they should be first. Firefighters, police officers, teachers. And then obviously those that I too truly believe should be uh, first is the people that are most vulnerable, our senior population. Mm. But yet they were fighting to try to figure out how do they, how do they get through phone lines? How do they get on, online to, to register for a very limited amount of, uh, uh, if you will, trying to figure out how they get an appointment for a vaccine. So it is a, it, it created an incredible, I guess, crisis within a crisis by creating a demand when you didn't have a supply to, to meet that. So, so give us a sense then of how you've handled that on the distribution end. Obviously, there are not enough vaccines, not only in Macomb County, but uh, every other county also is reporting that they're that they're short. Does does that lead to confusion among people yeah, about no, how to get? No them? question about it. Yeah, no question about it, Steve. When you say lead to confusion, um, you know, we we decided just to stay with that, uh, you know, the plan that. You know, no one gets to the front of the line. Uh, again, it's open to all, equal opportunity for everyone uh, that had been, uh, I guess, if you will, opened up to. And so hard to say, well, we're just going to do police officers. We're just going to do firefighters. We're just going to do teachers. Uh, we had to say, okay, you know, the phone lines are going to be open on Tuesday after we find out how many we're getting and uh, allow people access. And we also have an online version. Uh, you know, people are very frustrated because trying to get through the phone line or the online version within 15 minutes, all that are available are taken up. People get very angry about it because they can't go uh, basically to a pharmacy, to a, if you will, um, uh, urgent care, their doctor's office. They're just not available. And so the reality is we need to be open and honest and go back to the re 
re, re, the understanding that what is the most significant thing according to the data, the science, um, you know, whether it's nationally or locally, it's the senior population who gets impacted by this uh, more so than any other group of people. So why aren't we focusing our attention with the limited doses we have to those, I guess, uh, uh, folks? And so 75 and older, it should have been opened up to with a limited amount and or 65 with underlying healthcare issues. And uh, that didn't happen. So now everybody's confused as to who's doing what and everybody's doing different things, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the city, whether it's uh, other counties, everybody's got a different plan and, uh, you know, it's all over the map. And, you know, that really has been the problem when in 1A, it wasn't a problem. Everybody understood the role. Hmm. Everybody felt comfortable realizing there's a limited supply and we're going to get through this methodically. But uh, it just kind of went off the rails and uh, we got off message uh, once uh, the state opened it up to so many categories with such little supply. I'm talking with Mark Hackle, who is the county executive in Macomb County. Uh, we're talking about vaccine rollout in his part of southeast Michigan. We have been talking with county executives. We talked with Warren Evans, who is Wayne County Executive last week. We talked yesterday with Dave Coulter, who's the Oakland County Executive. And today we're talking uh, with Mark Hackle about what's going on in Macomb. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, tell us if you've tried to make an appointment to get the vaccine. How is that going? Have you been able to get a spot and actually get the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Tell us about navigating the process. How clear uh, is that for you? Uh, and what do you think should happen to make the process a little better for people uh, who are eligible to get the shot? As always, uh, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Mark, I, I, I want to hear a little about what you're hearing from state officials when you when you bring this up and and sort of ask about when things will will get better. Are are you hearing uh, what you need to hear about fixing the problems? I think I'm hearing the same thing you and the rest of the media are hearing. There's no real understanding as to when they talk about, you know, what is the distribution model? In other words, what are we basing the allotments on? And, uh, you know, why is it certain areas are getting more than others? Why is it the hospitals are getting a certain percentage higher than health departments? Uh, you know, but the problem with it is we're, we're all trying to, you know, figure out how do we take from one another? And that's not what anybody wants to do. Nobody's saying, you know, we should get more than them. Uh, you know, that, that's not, that's not going to fix the issue. The issue right now is there is a very limited supply out there nationally and locally. And I think everybody understands that. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody's denying that. The problem is we created a demand that we cannot fulfill a supply for. So why is it we are not taking a step back and saying, let's then look at what the data and the science says. Focus on what we can do. Let's prioritize this based upon the most vulnerable. And the most vulnerable Everybody says it. I don't care if you're hearing from a state official, if you're hearing it from a federal official, is our seniors. Even the media reports on this on a regular basis. The folks that get harmed more so by getting infected by the COVID virus are our senior population. So then I think everybody would be willing to do that. I don't care if it's a teacher, a firefighter, police officer, a municipal employee. I think everybody would say, okay, let's take care of them first with the limited doses we have and then start opening it up to you know who we think is, uh, is next and uh, why we should, uh, you know, uh, let firefighters, police officers, teachers go next once we have more of a supply. But I'm telling you, watching these seniors 
have to, to compete for this virus, knowing that they're the ones that are going to be impacted more so than anyone else is kind of a, kind of a sad situation uh, that we're in. And nobody, nobody wants to answer that question why we can't just take a step back until we see more doses coming to take care of our seniors here. And uh, it, it, to me, I'm, I'm trying to find somebody that's willing to, you know, willing to at least make an effort to, to figure out how do we do that. Here in Macomb County, we are finding ways. Well over 50% of our seniors, we're going to be uh, making sure our, our doses are allocated in some way. We're going out to congregative care, which we weren't done with, by the way, Steve. Mm-hmm. We are actually going to some of these facilities, still doing 1A patients uh, or folks that are interested in the, in the, uh, the vaccine that are seniors. And uh, we're doing something uh, shortly with SMART, and we're going to be doing something uh, even with Myers, with our doses that we have available, because we want to reach the seniors, because we realize uh, that should have been the folks that were up next with a very limited supply. Yeah, I, I was going to ask whether you as county officials could just decide to focus uh, on on the 1A uh, group, and because you don't have enough to go to, to, to other people, just say, look, this is this is how we're going to do it in Macomb. And that's a great question, Steve, because early on I thought that. I thought, you know what, this is not fair to our seniors. We need to figure out how do we just focus on them, uh, knowing that the state relies on statistics, data, and science. They should have stayed in that arena. Um, However, uh, opening it up to the others uh, puts me and as well other health departments around the state in a very precarious situation, meaning I can't just say, okay, forget it. We're not giving it to firefighters, police officers, teachers, and like just to seniors. Uh, puts me in a situation of possible litigation. Uh, you know, I understand the concern people might have is, you know, it's just not fair. We're allowed to. Why can't we? Self-preservation. I want to go first. Uh, you're going to get that. I get that. And I can I can probably withstand that. But my bigger concern would be the legal issue of somebody saying, you wouldn't even allow me access when the state has opened it up for me. And I am a teacher. I am a police officer. So we couldn't do that. I can't just say, all right, forget it. Limited doses are just going to go to the seniors. But I certainly can find a way to deal with those seniors that are impacted because they don't know how to deal with it, uh, get online for, for an appointment. They can't, uh, uh, you know, rapidly keep uh, redialing on a phone. Uh, but they're, maybe they have uh, transportation issues or concerns, uh, mobility. So we are reaching out into the community to try to figure out how do we take care of them because uh, they are much more challenged uh, than folks that are much younger. Uh, that uh, have the ability to figure out how to get through the system and get themselves an appointment. And uh, we are encouraging people here in Lacombe County that if they are going to call and they are going to go online, when we open those phone lines here, to rather than just do it for yourself uh, under the self-preservation mode, maybe do it for a, a family member that is uh, you know, a senior. Uh, do it for a neighbor. Do it for someone you know. Make that appointment for them. And uh, we've been finding much success. I think people here are becoming a little bit more compassionate and understanding what we're trying to say. And uh, we're seeing many more people that are calling in, not for themselves, but for a senior, because they realize this is in limited supply. They are the most vulnerable. Let's take care of them. I also wonder how you feel about um, singling out seniors, which which is the 1A group, and, and not extending that group, I guess, to, for instance, teachers. And I, th- I think teachers in particular is, is an interesting category because schools are reopening all over the place, all over Macomb and Wayne and Oakland. And we're expecting teachers to, to, to go back and be in the classroom uh, and, and do their jobs. Do you think teachers should also be in that category? I mean, how do you draw that line, I guess, uh, and when, when all of this is still going on? And, and, that's, and that's, that's, it's interesting because now we're bringing it back into the conversation. So first off, should we, with limited doses, focus on our seniors? 
I don't know anybody would say, no, we shouldn't. I think everybody agrees. Now let's talk about who the next category of people should be. And what I'm hearing from people all the time talking about it is, you know, the state originally said, we're not going to make a decision on opening or closing schools and how that's going to go. Uh, we're going to allow local school districts, uh, the localist of levels of uh, school boards, uh, to go ahead and make these decisions. And they did. And they were. And they were making the right decisions on behalf of, you know, the kids in their uh, communities. And then all of a sudden, the state decided to say, you will go back to school. So they took it away from them, creating another uh, uh, contentious issue uh, for the districts and for the teachers, as well as, you know, parents with children that are going to school. So that's confusing in and of itself. But let's get back to the uh, question as to, okay, who's next or who should be next? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's saying, well, the teachers are going back to school. I agree. They uh, need to have the opportunity to get vaccinated. But the police officers have been uh, working. You have uh, people that are working in correctional facilities that have been working. You got our grocery store workers who have been at this since day one. I mean, March 13th last year was our first case. These these grocery store workers have been at it since day one. They're not even listed as being somebody who is eligible for that right now. And so the question becomes, we can continue to figure out and fight for, you know, who should be next. But I, I think let's have those conversations right now while we're taking care of what the data and the science tell us. And I mean, I hear the state talk about this all the time. We're following the science. Well, if we're following the science and we have very limited doses, we should be focusing on those that are most impacted and it's seniors. Then we can have discussions as more come in or we vaccinate those who want it uh, in that senior population. And we start to realize now we can open it to the other categories. Then we'll have those discussions as to who should be next. Should it be teachers over firefighters? Should it be teachers over police officers or even grocery store workers? And uh, again, I'd be willing to hear what direction the state would like to go in after that, but not until we figure out how do we deal with a limited supply and focusing on our seniors right now. I mean, really, the the, the, the crux of the issue is the supply. No question. I mean, this idea of trying to choose among the groups who should be at the front of the line is kind of, uh, well, it's kind of a moot point, really, because there isn't enough for all of the people who should probably have it. I mean, I, I guess I would make the argument that seniors and, and frontline responders and teachers all probably belong in the same in the same category. But there's just you wouldn't have enough to vaccinate all of those people now, would you? No, but I think it would be a fair opportunity for them to compete with one another by trying to call in or schedule an appointment. So, I mean, that point in time, you could say, okay, let's make it the uh, frontline workers and define who they might be. You know, because I'm hearing from state officials, which is interesting because I'll get a couple of them. They they say, well, you know, when you're, you're, you're allowing municipal employees to go ahead and get it, I said, I didn't allow it. The state did. Well, then, but there's some people that just work in an office as opposed to maybe you're out front. I'm thinking call takers and people that are going to be working on you know these uh, uh, these online services, they're not sitting there trying to digest or, or talk to somebody and ask them, you know, okay, so tell me exactly where do you work in the office? I mean, so now we're talking about something that I think gets so far away from the conversation. You're going to open it up to a category. You need to, you know, you need to incorporate everybody within that category. You know, if it's in the food service, if it's somebody who's going to be working in a grocery store, if it's, uh, you know, going to be a firefighter, a police officer, you know, how do you tell them, you know, it's going to be a police officer, not a dispatcher. I'm in contact right now. And we got probably about 20, 20 employees working in this close, uh, close, close area here, yet being separated. That probably should, if they're opening it up to police, police officers or firefighters, they should be considered too. So, you know, when we're sitting there trying to figure out how do we, you know, parcel out who or, or you know what what employee within a municipal government should be, you know, taken care of, it, it gets so far from the discussion to the conversation. So, seniors shouldn't have to compete with people that are younger from all these other categories right now. 
They should be the group that everybody is focusing their attention on with the limited doses. When we start to see more, then let's open it up so everybody else can compete. And if we got so much more, we can do things here in Macomb County. We're ready. That's the other thing, Steve. I can't help but uh, bring this up. We're doing 5,000 doses a week. That's it. That's all they're giving us. 5,000, but yet they opened it up to over 250,000 people that are eligible now. I can handle 5,000 doses in a day. I'm looking for 50,000. And again, I know I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it from the government because it's not there. We're not going to get it from the state. It's not there. But the reality is we are prepared. So if they do start to see that more doses come in, we could do scheduling and we could probably knock out the teachers within probably three or four days here in Macomb County if I had it. We could take care of the firefighters and police officers within probably a day and a half. So we could take care of every one of those categories specific once we see more doses come in. But it is a simple supply and demand issue that we knew about. We knew before we opened this up, when I say we, talking about the state, knew that there was a limited supply, but opened up the demand side to such an incredible amount of folks now that all think they should be you know, considered first, but they do realize mm. seniors should be first. And the question is, why aren't we stepping back to just take care of that right now? I repeat myself over and over on this issue. But fortunately, here in Macomb County, I'm seeing people start to step up. They're calling in on behalf of a senior as opposed to you know, trying to, trying to mm. prioritize themselves right now. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle. We'll also get to reader, our listeners and your comments. Uh, Eileen in Detroit, Bill in Dearborn, Jean in Detroit, Chris in Detroit. We'll hear from you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter for comments there. We'll try to work them in. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET is a community service of Wayne State University, a premier public research university in the heart of Detroit. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. I'm talking with Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle about vaccine rollout, all of the snags that we have hit, mostly because of low supply uh, to county health departments from the state. It's created a lot of confusion. It's created uh, a lot less of the vaccination being distributed than we expected over uh, this period of time. If you want to give us a call and let us know what you think about efforts to make sure that uh, we get shots in arms, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's start with Jean in Detroit. Jean, welcome to the show. Hello. Yes, uh, I called because my uh, husband and I, even though we live in Detroit, our parents live in an independent uh, living senior facility complex in uh, New Baltimore in Mm -hmm. Macomb County. Mm -hmm. And I've been singing the praises of Macomb County, as I was interested to hear uh, all the issues that are, are there at the rollout because my parents uh, were able to, they, uh, CVS went to their complex and they have gotten both doses um, of the vaccine. Uh, the first dose they got uh, several weeks ago before even um, much of the rollout in Detroit. And they've also gotten the second vaccine. And I'm just thrilled with, um, with the uh, vaccine service in Macomb County. Mm. So 
I just wanted to give maybe the yin to the yang that we've been hearing this morning. That sure. It's not quite as bad as it sounds. Uh, I want to thank uh, the folks in Macomb County for taking care of my parents. Yeah, Gene, I, I, I really appreciate the call, and that's a great that's a great story. Uh, Mark, how how much of that have you been able to do? It sounds like that's working really well at that particular senior center, but the idea of going to the senior centers to distribute the uh, the vaccine seems to be a, a, a quick way to make sure seniors get it. Yeah, you know, yeah I appreciate Gene's comments. Uh, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I, I was listening the other day and uh, Debbie Dingle was on and she was talking about, uh, you know, this vaccine rollout, some of the seniors she's hearing from. And I, I know she got very emotional when she was talking about it, but I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of hit on that point. This is incredibly emotional for a lot of folks, specifically our seniors and those that can't get through the phone calls, the emails. I will personally call these folks back and I have them and uh, having conversations. They're so distraught because, you know, those that do want it are very um, passionate about it and they're scared. They're frightened and they're worried. And so with that being said, that's why we've been pushing so hard to get people to try to understand we need to take a step back and help our seniors. I mean, this is really an emotional thing for them too. So, and it's trying. So with that being said, the folks that do get the vaccines, they're they're delighted. They're so excited. They're happy. They feel more comfort. They feel a security or sense of security. And that's and that's what we're trying to figure out. How do we get through to that? Our health department, the, the folks that are working over there are doing an incredible job from the call takers to the folks that escort people through our facility that are doing the vaccinations. And uh, we get nothing but incredible response or praise from people when they do go through this process. And, uh, you know, even the congregative care. We were fortunate that uh, Walgreens as well as CBS uh, were given the vaccines early on to deal with it. But right now, there's still 6,000 residents in these congregative carers here in Macomb County that haven't been able to uh, work out agreements with their facilities. And we're dealing with that, Steve, right now. So we are still, we are taking from the allotment we get from the state, recently 5,250. We had to take 1,000 off the top of that and dedicate that to try to figure out this week, how do we vaccinate some of those seniors in those congregative care facilities like we were supposed to in 1A? We hadn't yet got to them. And so we're now using the allotment we're currently getting and kind of decreasing the number for the larger population to specifically go out to these uh, these facilities to help deal with those that haven't been vaccinated. So it's an incredible challenge with, uh, you know, as we keep talking about limited supply, and uh, I can't overemphasize the reality of trying to get our legislators and even the governor's office to take a step back just for a moment, give us a chance to catch up and deal with some of these seniors, and then allow the process to, to play itself out for everyone else that uh, that needs it. You know, and, and you know what's sad is I get calls from public officials here in the county trying to figure out how do they get to the front of the line. I shut that down day one. It was like that's not happening. Everyone is going to have to go through this process. Nobody is cutting in front of the line. If anyone's going to cut in front of the line, it's going to be our seniors. Because as was just talked about by Jean, her parents are so excited. She's happy that they were taken care of. Um, it just it doesn't make sense to me in this crisis that we're seeing, uh, creating another crisis for our seniors and having to compete for for vaccines when we know there's a limited amount. Hmm. Uh, again, Jean, uh, happy to hear about uh, your parents and and thanks for for calling into the show. Let's go to Bill in Dearborn. Bill, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. Um, uh, first, I want to say I agree with uh, what Mark's saying about focusing on the seniors. Um, just because their odds of dying from the disease are so much higher than any other group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also wanted to just suggest that maybe uh, the N95s, now that they're becoming available in retail stores, I mean, uh, Costco's even selling them in boxes of 100, uh, why couldn't the N95s play a bigger role in helping 
get through this phase where we're in a shortage of vaccines, mm. um, maybe distribute N95s to teachers, police officers, uh, people that have to be out there during certain times of the day, mm-hmm. but you know don't necessarily need to be protected, so to speak, 100% of the day. Right. Uh, they could just wear the N95s when they're on the job. My niece is a uh, ER nurse at Beaumont, has been dealing with COVID patients nonstop since this began and has been wearing an N95 the whole time, has never gotten it. So they work um, if you're wearing a good mask. Yeah. Um, that's, a, you know, that's a really interesting suggestion, Bill. I'm glad you, you called. You know, Mark, uh, there's been a, a real debate about safety measures, safety precautions, when we should be taking them, when we should be relaxing them. Of course, that that is playing out in your your county as well. Uh, but talk about the things that we should be doing in, in in your mind now to make sure people stay safe, even as we we get this vaccine rolled out. You've talked a lot about reopening things and and the need to do that. How do you balance that against uh, the, the the safety that we still need to be really aware of? Yeah, Steve, you're 100 right. It's not a time for people to just say, "Okay, let's uh, let's you know let's forget it, forget, pretend like it's not here." It is. I mean, I think everybody realizes that. And to Bill's point, he's 100 right. If you remember early on, there was a question as to whether we should wear them, and uh, you know, the federal government, the CDC, was not recommending masks for people. Right. Uh, yet, then all of a sudden, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we come up with a supply. We got some CARES funding. Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, as well as Kent County and the city of Detroit got some funds that really were helpful to us to figure out, okay, how do we stockpile? How do we start getting some? Because there was none of this uh, uh, PPE stuff available. And so you started seeing some of the manufacturing facilities around the area here in Macomb County. I visited a few. They were making gowns. They were making masks. They were they were doing incredible things to try to figure out how do they you know start to ramp up for this without having to be enforced to by the federal government. So they were doing that. And then all of a sudden there was a switchover. They decided, well, let's go. Uh, masks are important. We need to wear the mask, but don't wear the, uh, the N95s. That's only for medical professionals. Well, that really created a concern for people because they were like, wait a minute. You're telling us not to wear them, but those folks that are in the front line, they're dealing with them. No, no, we want those too. And so that became a big push for firefighters, police officers, and teachers. You know, we want the N95s. And so now just standard masks are good. And then we're hearing, you know, doubling up. People should wear two masks, you know. So it's all across the board. But the reality is I do believe masks make a difference and they are helpful. And to Bill's point, he's 100% right. In the meantime, the rest of us, as we're continuing to try to figure out how do we solve the problem with limited doses to take care of seniors, let's continue to make sure that we're doing the things that the CDC guidelines always recommends washing hands, social distancing, obviously wearing the mask. And we're seeing more people doing that today than they were at the onset of this. So I do believe people will comply. It's not forced compliance. I think people are doing it even if they don't like to because they want to make other people feel comfortable. Uh, but those that you know are willing to you know do it because somebody says they should be doing it um, are doing it. So more and more people are wearing the masks and uh, abiding by the CDC guidelines than I've ever seen before. Um, and, you know, that's, that's comforting to know. Uh, but Bill's right. The rest of us, in the meantime, while we're trying to solve this problem with our seniors, let's do things that might continue to help protect us and others around us. Uh, what about opening things up? Where do you where do you stand on how we've done with that, and what you think we should be thinking about as we as we go forward? Should we be erring more on the side of caution, or should we be trying to get people back uh, to work and and to the things that they normally do? Well, my, my big concern is we always talk about following the data and the science. And uh, a lot of stuff was confusion. If you, if you remember early on, it wasn't me saying we need to open things up. My, my biggest concern was when they shut everything down and 
they said stay-at-home orders. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was it was a problem. We needed to figure out what to do. Everybody was uh, very concerned. And so what happened, they came up with a color-coded chart and uh, called it the My Safe Start Plan. And once they did, it reminded me of that. Uh, back when I was a sheriff, they came up with this national alert system for, for terrorist activity. And it was a color-coded system rated, you know, one through five. And uh, nobody understood what it really meant. It didn't really have an impact on the public. And so you know, immediately it was not even used. It was, uh, it, it was ineffective. And so probably eight years later, they finally got rid of it and said, yeah, this is probably wasn't a good idea. Well, when they came out with this, I was, I was very concerned about it because immediately the first question I had was bars and restaurants were open back when that thing was introduced for about a good two months. And I kept asking bars and restaurants are in phase five. We're not supported. They're not supposed to be open right now, but we're in phase three. Why are they open? And I couldn't get an answer. So we weren't even following this color-coded chart. And my big concern was we just need to get information, proper information, and people need to understand what is it we're doing and why we're doing it. I'll give an example. If all of a sudden tomorrow they say, okay, you don't need to wear masks anymore, what would they be basing the decision on? Or better yet, when will we be able to see when we're not going to wear masks? What is it we're looking for? We just opened up the opportunity for kids to play sports. What was the impetus of that? To just say it's based on the science isn't enough. I mean, for a person like myself who's been in law enforcement for years, who likes to understand things and, and is fact-based, tell me what it is. Otherwise, what you're telling me is it's an arbitrary decision. So people want to know, explain to me what it's going to take for us to open a bar, open a restaurant. What is it going to be for opening a movie theater other than just waiting for some press conference and somebody to say, well, the science now says we can that's not good enough. The folks want to know, and they're willing to be part of the solution. And here in Macomb County, we didn't get punitive. We didn't write tickets. We didn't cite people. We worked with our businesses. We tried to figure out how do we engage them to keep them open, to figure out what we need to do. And if there was a problem, our health department engaged with them. So, you know, we know there was some problem, you know, outliers out there that probably had too many or did. We would, we would make sure they understood, hey, there are, you know, these guidelines according to the state you need to follow. Otherwise, the state will come down and they will get punitive with you. And so most of them were willing to be part of the solution. Business owners don't want to harm their patrons. They don't want to harm their staff or themselves. They don't want a bad reputation or the media hounding them because they did something afoul based on this, uh, you know, this, this continued, you know, attention drawn to this coronavirus. So, you know, we wanted to figure out how we work with them. So it wasn't a matter of saying everybody needs to be open. My question is we need to be open about the discussions and the the, the information, the data, the science, and that just wasn't happening. And it's still, it's still not to this day. That is my biggest contention. People want to know the facts. Tell me what it is we're looking at so I understand exactly what the goal is. Okay. Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle. It was really great to have you here to explain all this with us uh, this morning. Thanks very much for joining. You bet, Steve. Good, to, good talking to you again. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take another break here, and when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about the latest happenings in Washington, including impeachment and the COVID stimulus with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.